Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And spring is just around the corner of the planting season. It's here. And so the last weekend of February, this, this week starts March, and the spring, that's the official start of spring, spring, what is that, March 21st or 20th, something like that. So it started. I was out in the gardens this week looking at my container gardens. I was watering them just to make sure they were hydrated uh, so they don't get damaged by any cold nights. And I took a close look at my peony. I've got a several peonies, but I've got one in a huge pot. This is a huge peony. This is an Ito peony. You folks that know perennials, those are plants that come back every year, peonies. English peonies are shorter. They, they get maybe, oh, knee high. That's about as tall as they get. A little bit smaller flower, maybe the size of a baseball. Fragrant, beautiful, lots of colors. People collect peony like they do roses. Uh, they're all kind of the same, but the flower colors will, will change. Then there's tree peonies. These are huge. I mean, big plants, head high. I mean, they're, they're up to chest high at least. Big plants, great big flowers, lots of them, very fragrant. Uh, they tend to get burned back here in the mountains of Arizona, so there's not a lot of tree peonies that you'll find here. It's just they seem to be reset, so they're always starting over. They're, they're shorter. But they came out with a new variety where they grafted a, an English peony onto a tree peony rootstock. And they call this an Ito peony. This is, a, this is a, kind of the third variety. So this is new life. This is beautiful. A grafting technique. So you take the DNA of both. You create this new specimen that comes out just simply by grafting them onto each other. And so they mate and they come to this Ito peony. This is a peony about oh hip high or so. It's large. The flowers are the size, they're bigger than a softball. I mean, they're, they're huge. And you get some really rich, different, unusual colors. They're too big to actually put into the middle of the garden. You generally want to put them on the back side as an accent or a wall because they've got some size or girth to them. They're very hardy. I notice that javelina, deer, they do not bother any peonies. But this, this plant, I wanted something large to right there in the corner of the house that the, the, the downspouts, there's a lot of hardware right there at the front door. Kind of went, oh, I don't want to see all this. Yeah, I can paint it the same color, maybe make it disappear. But why not put a beautiful pot out front? And it, a big pot needs a big plant in it. And so I went, Adito Pini, that, that's actually, that'll do well. That's nice. So it's been there for several years and, and peonies, all of them, they, they die back to the ground and they hibernate underground and rest. Uh, plants that have this large burst with great big flowers, lot, brand new growth. This thing's going to grow three feet tall like in the next few weeks. It takes a lot of energy to do that. And so perennials typically have to rest underground. They put themselves to bed through winter going, ah, eh, the sunlight's short, it's cold, why even bother? I'm going to hibernate underground, much like a bear or squirrel. Certain things hibernate. Well, so do plants. And then we call them perennials. 
So they've been hibernating. Well, it's been warm enough. I noticed I've got the eyes or that new, new growth has just emerged out of the ground. It's very exciting. It's kind of my cue going, oh, spring is, it's almost here. Now, they won't be in bloom here. They'll typically be blooming, oh, by April, but they put on this tremendous growth, beautiful foliage. And then as that foliage matures, it gets a bud on it, a, a, a flower at the end of those growths, and that's what's going to bloom, usually mid-spring through early summer. That's kind of the process. And so I share that with you. I didn't mean to go that far into peonies, but I've just got excited that my peonies are growing. It's just, it's, it's leading edge. And we just got in, if you're putting in a peony, if you're thinking about perennials, garden centers don't have a lot of them right now. They're bringing them in and they're still, they're just, they're just emerging like this. So we've got peonies here at the garden center, Waters Garden Center at least. Your local garden center will probably have something similar and they're dormant, they're fully rooted, but they'll just start showing their eyes and usually they'll have a great big pretty colored tag trying to inspire you some. And so you can take a look at those. So if you were thinking about a peony, this is a great time to plant them. You don't want to wait till they're in bloom because there won't be any left. By then it's too late to grab one because the crop gets, gets bought up. And then there's no more behind it till the following year. So there's this cycle of plants that comes into garden centers. And it's all about, you try to forecast, well, how many you think will, how many think gardeners will buy next year? I'm not quite sure. And we, we guesstimate, we guesstimate. But inevitably, last year we were sold out by the end of April, mid-April, something like that. I actually thought, oh, I'll write an article on peonies, how to grow them. And we literally sold out like the next weekend, that weekend. I didn't know there was that much interest. And so now we're starting to gear up. We're, we're harvesting that crop because we're starting to see the eyes starting to emerge from the roots. And so that will be this year's growth. Here's another insider tip too. Uh, peonies are a perennial. All perennials bloom best when they're two years old or older. So how do I explain this? That's why, peony, that's why uh, uh, perennials are more expensive generally because they're just older. They're at the farm, my Ito peony I just mentioned. Those probably will have those. They are five years old, five to seven years old before they're old enough to actually bloom. This is a, a peony on steroids. The English peonies, which I believe came in this week, those are typically two to three years. They've been at the farm two to three years and so they're now old enough, mature enough to actually bloom. And so you'll pay a little bit more for those because the farmer has had to actually nurse those, care for those, get them to fill out nicely for like two, three years. These An annual, typically like a pansy. Pansy crops are take six to eight weeks, six to no more than 12 weeks to get a crop rotation coming out. So you can get several turns or several crops out of that greenhouse very quickly so typically annuals are less expensive because they're started by seeds or cuttings and they'll typically start blooming in, in the first year. Perennials, those plants that come back every year, those plants actually are two to three to four to five years old. It depends on shrubs can be flowering trees, which are kind of a woody perennial. They can be, I've got fruit trees that are 10 years old here. 
And so people come in, oh, it's 120 bucks. Oh my God, well, that's a 10-year-old tree. You gotta be kidding me. It's old enough to fruit right now. And so if you can buy a cheaper tree, it'll be a whip, but it won't fruit for another three, four, five years because it's just not old enough. Perennials are exactly the same way. You can buy the rootstock, or you can buy bulbs, or you can buy different forms, but it might not bloom very well this year. It'll bloom better next year and the year after. So bare root roses. You can buy bare root roses right now, uh, but they'll be typically, they won't bloom very much the first year. It'll be next year. So you're planting a rose for next year's growth, not this year. If you get one that's fully rooted, it'll bloom out right now. I mean, just it'll be in bloom by the end of April and stay that way because most roses are repeat bloomers. They flush growth and take a rest, flush growth and take a rest. So the age of your plants that you're planting, it actually makes a difference. And so typically your independent garden centers, we know who we're competing with. It's the big box stores. That's pretty much it. And so we're trying to get out of their way because you don't have the ad budget, you don't have the resources they do. So we try to go with quality, older plants, more mature, more uh, specimen type varieties. They're a little more expensive, but you get a whole lot more plant for the few extra dollars you pay for them because they've just, they're mature enough. And a lot of that has to go with the age. So we'll sell Ito peonies, but they're like a hundred dollar perennial. This thing turns into a shrub, it's huge, but it's so specialized, they have to be so old, a box store would never dream of putting their money into something like that because to put an investment in and five years later get it out, that's crazy man stuff for a, for a big box store retailer. But for plant nerds, we're going, I wonder if I can do this. This will be fun. Let's see what will happen. No one will ever see this. And it's just a, it's a market niche that makes you different, special, unusual. English peonies are much cheaper. They're half that price or even less. So because they're smaller, they produce flowers a little bit faster. Anyway, I didn't mean to go that far into things. Perennials, peonies, plant them now. Be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in February are peony, lily of the valley, pinion pines, and Calgary carpet juniper. Calgary carpet juniper shows rich green mounds of juniper beauty that grows ankle high for the perfect ground cover. An ideal choice for low water, low care erosion control on natural banks or to soften that rock lawn. The perfect green nestled between boulders or to soften the top edge of a retaining wall. Shop for these juniper beauties in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener, green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes in the studio each week with your garden questions. Just uh, what are your neighbors talking about? We can learn things from that. 
And so we get these questions from on the floor, emails, Facebook, Twitter. Main thing is we're on the floor. We get to hear just what waves of people are asking right now. It's, can I plant? Can I plant? Can I plant? And you go, yes, yes, yes. yes you can plant. I can't believe the number of trees that have sold. People are putting, there's pent up demand mm-hmm. for trees and they're coming in, not just for onesie twosies. They're coming in. I'll buy 20. Just they're like, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. I, yeah, I can't I put think, a, well, a lot of people have built their homes and now they're ready to put their landscape in and they've thought about it. They've planned out. A lot of people are putting fruit trees in, yeah. you know, and they, I think they've planned out how many they can get in and what they want. So yeah, it's busy, busy. It's good to be a garden center right now <laughs> in Prescott, Arizona. That's so it's true. worked out really well. Yeah. So I, I got my second vaccine shot, yeah. a little bit of sore arm. Sore? I feel, you, is it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. A little bit of tired deficit, but then uh, my, my arm is sore. I don't know why these things affect my arm. It's just sore. It's like a tetanus mm-hmm. shot. If you remember that as a kid, you get one of those every 10 years or so. Kind of feels like that. But okay. other than that, maybe a little bit tired, but no, I'm yeah. fine. I'm just... Well, maybe you're tired because you turned. Oh, don't say. <laughs> I just crossed the 50-year mark. <laughs> About eight years don't ago. Don't say how many times. <laughs> don't let them know. I want them to think I'm young and energetic and sure. sparky on the radio signals. So, I won't give your age, but yes, you had a birthday. Yeah. So happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Whole staff kind of, you made barbecue for the staff and macaroni and cheese. And mm-hmm. we had a birthday had party favorite, here at the my, store. My favorite cake, German chocolate. German chocolate. And then, uh, the day before we went out to dinner. Yeah, Triple birthday. Creek Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Very good. We'd give that a whirl and see how it was. It Excellent was, service. Well done. Um, good food. It was good. Yeah, best pork tenderloin yeah, I think I've ever good. had. That it was, was really huge. good. That was too big. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, I ate a portion Generous. of it and you ate the rest. <laughs> it was good. I, I'd go back. Yes. That's definitely. Barry with Elgato Zul. He's got the contract at the Hilton, mm-hmm. the new Hilton that's in downtown. Uh, right there at, what is that? Sheldon street and Montezuma, Montezuma. Mm-hmm. right there. So it's worked out very yeah. nice, very, very fresh, new things were spaced. You felt safe. Right. Uh, you know, it's good. It was very good. So happy birthday. Dear. Thank you, my dear. I it's feel all special. over now. Forget it. I feel special. My daughter <laughs> took me for a razor ride side by side. Yeah. We went up a Senator highway and then back down past palace station you folks who go around there that's the oldest uh, state coach building in in the state it's still standing it's now a u.s uh i don't know u.s forest service uses it and then we bumped out over towards kirkland mm-hmm. came out at wilhoyt that oh. area so kind of went towards wagner road then popped out over yeah. we were in some where nobody had been before <laughs> it's, it's kind of gets you break down you kind of go i wonder if i can get out of here do i have cell service <laughs> spectacular though spectacular uh-huh. you were saying you ran across a uh, arizona cypress that was like the biggest you've ever seen yeah i think that's right off of where is that it's a mining road not a road these are Trails. These are trails. Yeah. <laughs> there's really a Jeep couldn't even go down, but there was a, an Arizona Cypress forest. Of course it's Arizona Cypress. They grow here. They grow really well, but they were on this Creek wash that they were magnificent. I've seen lots of Arizona Cypress, but not right. 40 foot tall. Yeah. They were magnificent. Usually they top out like a juniper, you know, 20, 25 feet. These were twice that, not quite twice, but they were magnificent. Had to take a picture. Oh, maybe I'll post them on Facebook, oh, Instagram. 
That's Ooh. the place for pictures. Wouldn't well, we should do some. Want to do some gardening? Yeah, gardening we should do some gardening. We can do that. Or we can keep talking about me and my birthday. I don't mind that. Keep going. What do you most admire about <laughs> your careful husband? careful or else tell him your age. <laughs> so our first question is from Teresa, and it, it's probably going to take a few minutes. So we'll do that one first. So last year, her roses suffered immensely from thrip damage. And so her first question is, how does she prevent that? And the second part of the question is, she has shrub roses and tea roses. Should they be pruned differently? Yeah, good questions. Um, so thrip damage, just start with the first part and then we'll go to pruning. Um, that's why we have rose food with systemic on it. They make a food specifically for roses because this is such a common problem, mm -hmm. uh, thrip and aphids. So Get your pruning done. We'll cover that in a second. And fertilize right afterwards. Sometime in the month of March, you should fertilize everything in the yard, but especially your roses. Mm -hmm. And I would say that first feeding should be the rose food with systemic because that will cut back. It's a got a bug control, kind of vaccinates the roses <laughs> towards insects. And you can still have some thrip, but it won't make the leaves all curled up. It won't make the flowers get that black. It looks like a... a, a a big lighter burned them. Um, it'll, it'll take care of that. Now pruning, you should prune everything in the month of March. All your roses should be pruned in March. Okay. That's this week. Sometime mm -hmm. in the next month, get all your roses pruned. Hybrid teas, floribundas, grandifloras. Those are pruned a little bit differently than shrubs. Shrubs are mainly hedgerows. You're more mm -hmm. hedging them like you would a futinia or euonymus mm -hmm. or, or shaping it, shaping it more. Uh, and then they they just are so vigorous that they grow out of that. Hybrid teas, floribundas, generally those, these are things with long stem roses, specialty roses. These are things you probably ought to be more focused on taking out the old canes because to get a great big flower like that, it, it grows on a new vigorous green cane. If it's got bark all over it, focus on taking those out, at least one or two. So it will encourage vibrant new growth to come up. And so you get better, fatter, larger, more fragrant flowers. If flowers come on those old stocks, they'll be smaller. It just kind of, mm -hmm. the vigor is, is cut back on those. So that's how I'd encourage you to, to prune those. And then we, we do an hour class on nothing but pruning roses. I don't have enough time here right. to, to go into details and it's just okay. audio. So it's hard to actually explain. Mm -hmm. uh, there's pictures for that. Okay. So look for the rose class. Yes. What you're saying. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. All right. Next question is from Jenna. She wants, she has raised beds, wants to know how far down that soil has to be turned for vegetable planting. Sure. So what the book says is, is eight inch. So that's about one shovel's depth or a rototiller depth or a disc, whatever you're, whatever you're turning your soil with. Uh, the English like double turning. So they like mm -hmm. to turn and then turn it again a little bit deeper. That would be important for potatoes, tomatoes, your deep rooted things. Mm -hmm. They would appreciate that long carrots. They would like that. But on general, eight inches is good. That's also why a, a raised bed should be a minimum of eight inches. Okay. I really like to go 12 to 18 inches. Yeah, so you get the deeper like. roots. Mm -hmm. So it, it just... On the long run, it helps you with crop rotations and that kind of stuff. But minimum, going back to her point, eight inches. Okay. All right. Well, we're just cruising along. That's good. That's because right I'm just so young because <laughs> I had a birthday and I'm just 
Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, David would like to know he's had a pair in the ground for three years now. He wants to know if he can start heavily pruning it at this point. And what's here again, what's the best way to go about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a radio show, right? Radio, audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yes, you can prune. You should prune now. And the way you start, um, and, and I would get the pruning done, but you, you prune fruit trees, all fruit trees between January and March. That's your window. Prune them back. And, and if this is your first time to prune them, you may lose some of your harvest this year. Typically, the first year after you do a heavy pruning, it affects how many pears you're going to have. Wow. But the next year after that, it just is unbelievable, the crop. So there's a cycle to it. Just be aware. It's not you. It's the way the plants are. There again, you're wanting to open up the center of fruit trees. We're trying to control disease. Mm -hmm. These are heavily sugared, heavily desired plants by not just us, but bugs, disease, leaf spot. So to have openness, let's air, air flow through air through mm -hmm. the sunlight comes in. So I always start with broken branches, discolored branches, that snow we had like a month ago, had things bend down, mm -hmm. just go for the things that are obviously damaged. Then I'll go for crossing branches, things that are growing to the inside that's clogging up the inside. You want to open that up. So you want to have the scaffolding or this structure where it has more vase shaped so you can hold the fruit, but still let the air go through it. And that's kind of the secret to, to all fruit trees, but especially apples and pears. Those are more, you prune more diligently. The middle out of those help you with the crop. That's it. All right, Ken and Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees. At Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the garden center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever. From Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companions of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Pinion Pines, and Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley is a gorgeous shrub that loves growing in the summer shade. This bold evergreen delights with dramatic, fiery growth in spring. Fragrant wedding cake layers of white flowers hover on graceful arching stems. Each dainty flower is utterly detestable to deer and javelina. Shop the most perennial shrubs in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I was out in the gardens taking a look at my wildflower seeds that I'd spread last month, and things haven't quite taken off yet. Shortly. I thought maybe since my peonies were coming up, starting to emerge, that my mums are starting to come up. They're already an inch or two tall. Maybe the seed would start going, but 
it's still a bit early, I realize. Usually it's a month of March sometime. You start to see the first leading uh, uh, seedlings starting to emerge. And then over the next, I don't know, month, two, three months, you start to see the flowers coming out. So it's more of a spring thing. It's just, I thought I'd check. I am taking all of my pine needles. So I was out there checking those. The pine trees have shed a lot of needles. Last few storms, some wind, just causes pine cones. And I've got some big ponderosa pines. I think junipers do the same thing. Not quite as egregious in the gardens because pine needles, I mean, a six, eight inch needle off of ponderosa is different than a you know, half inch juniper shedding its, its some needles. This is very common. It's not a problem. It's a seasonal thing. They have this, this a lot of needles that drop and then, then some seasons less. Uh, but don't let those needles or that debris bury your gardens, especially flowers that are underneath them. So I've got hookahs or, or coral bells, another name for that, underneath these. We've got some shrubs like forsythia, lilacs, butterfly bush. I didn't want the needles to suffocate or drown out the gardens underneath. And so you need to rake those up some. So I, I don't mind a few needles, an inch or two, but a lot of them, not so good. They can suffocate plants underneath them. This is a design. This is how natives work. They're doing this on purpose to drown out all competition. So all the water and nutrients underneath where their roots are, it's all there. So they're purposely trying to defend their territory. Well, okay, it can be kind of messy if you got a deck or something underneath them. You always have to rake up and blow off and that kind of stuff. I took those leaves, those needles, and I spread them on other portions of the gardens. So I use it as top dressing. So on average, a three inch layer of organic material over your flower beds between around your roses. I put them in my hedgerows, uh, cotoneasters to keep the weeds down, to keep the sun off from sun burning, to keep it from heaving right now. The soil is freezing at night, thawing during the day, and it's, it's, it gets this fluffy look. Rocks will actually emerge out of the ground. They just, it's, we call it soil heaving, and it can heave the roots of your plants as well and break them, so it does damage. Uh, don't, don't allow that to happen. So to add some mulch, I happen to take pine needles. It's a great mulch. A little bit is good an eight, nine, 10, 12 inch layer suffocates. So a little bit's good. So I took those, raked them up underneath the pine trees and spread them generously around my other plants that are maybe away from the pine trees. Hopefully I'm making sense with all this. Uh, it's also a fire hazard. So if you're in that uh, wildland or, or fire interface, you need to actually think through how do I keep wildfires down on the ground and keep them from spreading or let the firefighters give them a chance to get ahead of this thing to keep it on the ground don't let the fires jump up into the canopies of these trees well one of the main call it a matchstick i guess it, it creeps across the ground it burns needles so it's a very flammable it's got lots of of oils in the the pine needles they burn very easily very quickly with a large flame so I want to get those things out. A little bit's good. I don't want eight, nine, a whole big layer of pine needles. So go through once or twice a year and rake them up, kind of keep them clean, but leave some. Whatever you do, don't take all of that 
leaf litter or pine needle litter, or you're leaving your plants where they are exposed to soil heaving, to sunburning. It can actually dry out the plant, make them more exposed to bug infestations. Uh, to have bark beetle attack your pines, to have scale attack your pinions. This is important. So you want to keep them healthy. So take some of it away, but keep some of it there to protect the roots that it was meant to protect. So work with nature, not against nature. This is where I think sometimes taking rock right up to the edge, right up to the trunk of trees, it first of all, looks unnatural. Secondly, it's not as healthy for your plants. They, per, they like some organic material under the drip line, uh, the, the outer branches of a tree. That's where the roots typically mirror underneath the plant. They like that to be not just rock. They like it to have some organic material. I, I use pine needles. I actually use mostly shredded cedar bark. That's my favorite. But I'll take just regular compost, mulch, Works great. Plants really respond to that, especially your blooming things like lilacs, forsythia, roses, hibiscus, crepe myrtles. You can just go down the line. There's, there's dozens and dozens and dozens that really do well here. So harvest some of that, clean up some of that, then use it in other areas, and you can balance out your garden so they actually perform better for you throughout the year. We're at the leading edge of planting season. It's time to get that pruning cleaned up. Clean up the gardens, get your pruning done, plant wildflower seeds while you get a chance because there's only like a few weeks left. We're in the peak of the planting season. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Water's Garden Companion Plants of February are Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Peony. Your grandmother would fall in love with these larger peony with so many colors to choose from. There's nothing like the enormous flowers to add stunning pops of color. Endearing springtime blooms are more than fragrant with luscious double flowers. Shop the most perennial peonies in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just shares her garden insights, what she's seen in the gardens or walk in the neighborhoods or seen at the garden center or talking with folks. And just, I think there's some value. Gardening is very much a social thing with generational. I think it's my grandkids love hanging with pop pop and uh, doing garden stuff, yeah, harvesting berries, grapes, and just planting seed. I think it, there's a lot to it. So we, <laughs> so welcome back to the studio, well, Lisa. Thank you. Always good to be back. And you're right. The grandkids do love gardening. And even though they're 
further away when they come to visit us, they love to see what pup pups got growing. Yeah. Last time I think you harvested beets and all kinds beets of beets of potato. I didn't even know it was there. Well, let's <laughs> just see what's up there. No surprise. And then uh, we bury Indian arrowheads <laughs> around the yard. Uh, I've got uh, big glass marbles. You know, it's like yeah. the shooters, not, not the tiny ones, the bigger ones. I just bury those into rocks sporadically throughout the landscape. I've, there's been hundreds at this point. I don't know how many they've found. Boy, they can go all day oh, yeah. searching in the yard it's for just be plain archaeologists. It's mm-hmm. fun. I think that the next people that move into our house, yeah. <laughs> they're going to really wonder what was going on. Before we leave, before we move, I'll bury some bones, just kind of different varieties of <laughs> chicken bones and hog, hog heads and all yeah. kinds of, they can kind of go, oh, what, this must've been an old burial ground or something. <laughs> or <laughs> no, not. just having fun with the grandkids. <laughs> Amazon is a great resource, folks. If you got kids coming over, you want to teach them to be geologists, archaeologists, outdoors, gardening. It's an easy, easy way. I, I buy big geodes yeah, and I, I give the, the older kids a hammer, like uh-huh. a, a pick, like an actual geologist hammer. Oh, yeah. And we can break uh, geodes and see what's inside. It's like magic every time. That is true. Uh, and it's so easy to do. And amazingly enough, no children, grandchildren, or grandparents have been injured at this point. No emergency room visits yet. I know all the mothers are nervous every time I come (laughs) over. Here's a bag of goodies for you. Have fun busting those babies up. It's the hammers and the sledgehammers. (laughs) The boys and hammers, they go together. So do emergency rooms. (laughs) Thank you, mom. (laughs) It's surprising that some some of us, I'm surprised I'm still alive. Yeah. You know, you just, it's just part of, it's fun. Growing up. Yep. So anyway, enough about grandkids and in yards and all that. Well, anyways, I was, I went out the front door yesterday morning because I was filling, we have a saucer out front that I use as a little bird bath for the birds. So I was going out there filling it and I happened to look in our one big pot by the front door and I could see just peeking up is our Ito peony that yeah, we have out there. I was sharing that earlier. It's just, ah, it is exciting. It gets yeah. the gardener going. It's like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Every year they come up out of the ground and go, it's going to do it again. <laughs> We're always surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but our Ito is beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And I, I love it because this time of year I can put some little pansies and that kind of thing around the pot. So I got a little color going in there while I'm waiting for that peony yeah. to come up and show. And then that peony is so gorgeous and big by the time it's up there. I don't need anything else in that pot. Yeah. It, it pretty much overpowers. This is a big mm-hmm. pot. It's probably oh, yeah. two feet across, two feet, two, three feet high. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a big plant to keep things in perspective, right. to keep it balanced. Mm-hmm. And so it does it every bit and then some. Yeah. And beautiful when it blooms, it's kind of a burgundy double bloom. But the thing I like about it too, is even when the blooms are gone, it has a really cool foliage. Yeah. Is it foliage or foliage? Well, it depends if you're English. Potato, potato. Yeah. Okay. But the foliage on it is really cool too. Just a really neat shape, big leaf. And so you get to enjoy that too. So yeah. it's, it's a really good plant for our area, whether you're peonies, whether you're putting them in uh, a perennial bed, whether you're putting them in a container like we did, they're actually pretty versatile. I saw a truck come in. So a big, big load of plants. In fact, I was Instagramming some of that earlier. Uh-huh. Just new plants are here. Here's, didn't really name them. Didn't spend a lot of time because right. you're dealing with Instagram folks. Attention spans like six seconds. <laughs> uh, but trying to show folks things are coming yeah. in. Here's some new things. Did we right. get, what are some new, so did we get any? 
we got 20, 20, 20, different varieties of peonies. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That's good. Yes. Very, very very cool. cool. So three different varieties of the Ito, which is that great big one, Um, pink, dark pink, and a yellow. Cool. I love the fragrance of the yellow one. That's amazing. It's a nice one. And then, like I said, 20 different varieties of the others. English. Yeah. Uh, peony. Got mm-hmm. it. More traditional. And now, yeah. The thing about those is people are going to come in and go, where's the big, beautiful peony? Yeah. Well, right now they're just little shoots like in my pot, but right. they are going to grow up and be big and beautiful peonies. So it's a great time to get them, to put them in the ground, in your pots, get your, get them in your perennial beds. It's a good time to be planting them. I was telling folks too, that peonies typically, especially English, they have to be minimum two to three years old mm-hmm. for they're old enough to bloom. These will all bloom oh, yeah. this year with this rootstock. It's fully rooted. Put them in the ground. Make mm-hmm. sure there's drainage because right. peonies like they're drought hardy. Oh, yeah. Uh, make sure you've got plenty of drainage and they will bloom consistently mm-hmm. for you every year thereafter. In fact, it's a long lived plant. They can live yeah. the Ito. I'm here 20, 30 years in the same wow. spot. So give it a, put the work into planting it correctly when mm-hmm. you're first put in the ground, because it's going to be there probably for as long as you're going to be in that, you know, taking right. care of those gardens. Yeah. And so all kinds of colors, reds, pinks, uh, burgundies, corals, you name it. We got it. Any periwinkle? Sure. As a man that actually sounds, <laughs> it's hard to pronounce periwinkle. <laughs> Uh, isn't that violet or purple right. or blue? Or well, we got one called Raspberry Sunday that just made me want to <laughs> buy it right away. Pink Hawaiian coral, Hawaiian coral, which is definitely more that orangey pinky yeah. color. Very nice. Um, lots of different reds, beautiful dark reds, lighter reds, more of the burgundy orangey reds. So you know, everyone thinks of peonies, taking those out and then long stems, cutting, putting them in a vase. But what's really pretty, if you treat peonies kind of like a, a, a dahlia. Mm-hmm. we've got a big crystal bowl that we mm-hmm. have. It's just beautiful. It's this cut glass. It's a stunning piece of art by itself. Then we fill it with water and float a big peony flower in there, or two mm-hmm. or three, depending on what you're, and just to have them float there. It's pretty. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just, it's a centerpiece of everything. You can't right. go by without going, oh, Ooh, that's neat. What is mm-hmm. that? And we do that with dahlias later in yeah. summer. It's peonies first and it's dahlias and it's more hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Just varies by the season. Whatever we can find. <laughs> yeah. Well, we also got in the bloomerang lilac. Oh, good. Which is a really nice um, shrub size lilac. It doesn't hip, get as high. huge, but it stays a little more compact. Great for the smaller yards. Yeah. And great in the fact that you get two to three bloom cycles out of it. You know, if you treat it right, right. give it food. Um, and even when it's not in bloom, it's, it's just a really nice little shrub. Yeah. Mainly it's low maintenance. Right. The, the regular standard uh, lilacs that your parents grew, these are way above head high. They're way up there. This one's a cute, kind of smaller. It mm-hmm. just takes no real pruning. Maybe give it a haircut once a year and that's it. <laughs> and the flowers are a little bit smaller. Not but that much. But still very fragrant. But it makes very fragrant. Yeah. It makes up for it in sheer quantity. You get right. more flowers on a mm-hmm. miniature uh, or bloomerang lilac. This is one too. Last year we ran out by the end of yeah. April. There were no lilacs to be had. <laughs> and it was a busy year. Mm-hmm. That was COVID was just coming on. We weren't sure what was going to happen. People were spending time outdoors. This year, people are outdoors. They know they can go outdoors in the gardens at least and not die from some mm-hmm. mysterious plague. Right. Um, and so we're seeing more gardeners in. I, I think we'll round it again. Don't, if you're thinking about a lilac in your yard, don't wait, 
grab it early. In fact, it's better to plant them before they wake up, right. before they bloom. That way they wake up in your gardens mm-hmm. and they're going, oh, where am I at? What's going on here? Let's just bloom right here. You, right. you don't have transplant shock with mm-hmm. things. That's true. So the other thing we got in were some of the brooms, uh, which are okay. great evergreen, drought-hardy, animal-resistant yeah. plants that every yard should have. So a lot of people are used to the Spanish broom, which is kind of an invasive, gets kind of big and gangly. These aren't that. Um, So we have the all gold, which is the yellow one. Uh, Again, very fragrant. Lena, which is my favorite. It's kind of a bread yellow, orange. That's a Scottish broom, right? Yeah, Scottish broom. Sorry, Scottish brooms. Really unique coloring on that one. Uh, and then Minstead, which is kind of a lavenderish color. Yeah. Um, so those are great ones to put out in your yard. If you want a little more of a low maintenance yard, you don't want, or if you have a lot of deer, javelina, bunnies, they're very resistant to that. Kind of reminds me of a pencil plant, like down in the South, Florida's, ah. you got a pencil plant, uh-huh. only this one's hardy. It's right. not, it's not quite as large, but the, the leaves are very small, but the stems are very green, mm-hmm. very drought hardy. It fits our Southwestern lifestyle, but the flowers are crazy, crazy fragrant. Mm-hmm. It just fills the entire room up. Sure. Ken Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees, and Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the garden center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants of February are peony, Calgary carpet juniper, lily of the valley, and pinion pines. Pinion pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts and pine are deer and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. The month of March. You've got four weeks really to to feed everything in the landscape. You want to put landscape food, plant foods in the yard, on the ground, where the roots are, before they wake up, before plants leaf, before the fruit trees flower, before the grapes start pushing their new foliage, before the uh, dahlias start coming up and peonies start coming up out of the ground, before your mums start to grow, before you want it before. And by the end of this month, everything, I mean, it's full spring. I mean, daffodils will be in bloom, forsythia are in full bloom. So in the next couple of weeks, you'll see a real surge of, of, of spring plants, leafing and, and flowering. You want to fertilize right before that event happens. And the month of March is it. I can't emphasize this enough. You, you poor folks from the Midwest, you don't get it. 
you just moved from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, where you've got eight foot topsoil. We don't have that here. We've got eight millimeters if we're lucky. And probably they scraped that off to put your footers and your driveway. Uh, so, so many of you have zero nutrients in your soil. And then once you start watering, our water is so alkaline that it locks up the little bit of food that's there. So the plant, it's there, but the plant can't get to it. And so they start to, to starve. The, the indications are the flowers will become, well, it'll stop blooming. Leaves will be yellow, start to be droopy. They'll drop some leaves or needles. Um, it just, there's indications of starvation on a plant side level. So you can, if you're a gardener, you spot this and you understand it. You can see it. I could drive down your neighborhood at you know 25 miles an hour. I can tell you which ones are not feeding, which ones are, and which plants are starving and emaciated and thin and weak, which opens them up for bugs and problems and disease. Keep your plants healthy. And they can take on whatever environmental out, you know, influences are coming at them. If they're stressed, they, I mean, bugs just know they're going after easy prey. Uh, they're not going after healthy, vibrant things. That's dangerous. They're going after weak, uh, old trees and shrubs and flowers in your yard. So keep them healthy. Keep them robust. That's why we prune. Winter pruning. Keep things. Take those dead branches out. Take the broken damaged. Then we fertilize. Fertilize with, there's two foods we mainly, really there's three foods that I put in my own gardens. Um, and here's what I'm doing right now in the next couple of weeks. I'm using mainly all-purpose plant food, a 744. It's cottonseed meal and bird guano and iron and sulfur. It's got a, it's a mix, a specialty mix for the mountains of Arizona. We make it here at Waters Garden Center. I'm putting that on most things, especially your evergreens. Your natives really need help. So your Japanese, your um, pinion pines, your junipers, uh, ponderosas. If you want great-looking mahoganies and and eleagnus and privets and all these nativey-looking things, if you want spectacular flowers out of those yuccas, put that all-purpose 744 food down. The cottonseed meal on that. It just makes things acidic. Plants respond to it. Now, we call that all natural, but the second you put a mineral into a food, you can't really call it organic. You can say it's natural, but this has got sulfur and iron in it. So those are minerals. So yeah, they're natural minerals, but they're not organic. Organic is mainly blood meal, bone meal, feather meals, different kinds of meals. So for my, this, this edible thing is such a big subject right now. So many are coming into the market and they want to grow their own tomatoes or own berries, their own blueberries, uh, apples and pears and pomegranates and figs, I created a purely organic, truly, truly organic food. It's called fruit and vegetable food. It's made to put on the ground of your vegetable gardens for, for berries and grapes and, and things that are edible fruits coming off of that. So for that, I created that a second food that's purely organic. Works great. We loaded it up with calcium, and calcium is what brings out the flavor and the size of fruits. It would also work very well on anything that blooms because it's made it's made for things that bloom and fruit. So you could put that same fruit and vegetable food, even though the title says, doesn't say lilacs, it can go on lilacs. Doesn't say it can go on crepe myrtles and rosa sharons and 
smoke bush and all these other blooming, fabulous, blooming shrubs, but they can. So if I got, if I got extra, I'll kind of sling it on there, going, I'm going to use it up. There we go. And it's purely organic. For my roses, I'm mainly a, a flower grower, and so I've got a lot of roses, uh, shrub roses and ground cover roses and hybrid teas and floribundas. I've got a lot of roses. For there, I'm pruning those back right now this month, and then I'm fertilizing with a rose food with systemic. Now, this is not organic, not natural, completely chemical. I wouldn't dare put this on a fruiting edible plant at all, but bugs, the thrip and aphids are so bad that I do, I mean, it's, it goes against my nature to use chemicals in, in my gardens. But for my roses, if you really want nice roses, that first flush of roses, of flowers, usually they'll start blooming around Mother's Day. They're in full bloom. I'm going to feed those right now with a rose food with systemic. And it's, it's a systemic thing that gets you. So that's a bug preventer. The plant actually absorbs this, takes it up through the structure of the plant, and then affects the thrip that start eating the foliage. It's inside the plant. It's not in the flower. It's really inside the structure of that plant, and it repels or keeps those bugs away. This is really critical because thrip and aphids can be pretty, pretty bad in the first, you know, March through April. They can be waves of them. I mean, it can be go pandemic almost. They can get so bad some years. Well, I know that, and I want beautiful roses. If you don't do that, you'll want to spray pretty regularly with an actual spray. And there's neem oils, all kinds of organic sprays you can put out there that will affect those. But I also don't like, I'm also lazy. I don't want to spray my plants every two weeks with a organic spray. I'd rather just put rose food plus systemic on the ground, water it in. The plants are now taken care of until next summer. And then, then I'll switch over to organics at that point. But fertilize, I'd say the number one thing, I, I took home three bags of the all-purpose food, one bag of the fruit and vegetable food, and one bag of my my, vet, my rose food with systemic. And I've put that all on the ground. Then the best thing you can do is pray for snow or rain or have, have some moisture come in. And wow, it'll take it right into the roots. And really, it'll make a difference. Two additional things. Fertilizers, they go right through the rock. You do not have to work this stuff in. Just chuck it on the ground. I know the book says work it into one shovel's depth. Consistency is the most important thing. Get your food out there regularly. I'm going to fertilize right now. I'm going to do it again at the 4th of July and then at Halloween. So if you're thinking Easter, 4th of July, Halloween, you want to fertilize before those three holidays for really great, healthy, rich greens, flowers and fruits that just smell and taste better. That's how often you want to do it. This is this is an anomaly for those folks that have never really fertilized. Or once you had a weed and grass preventer, that was it. Don't use weed and grass preventer underneath your trees. It'll kill your trees. Yeah, it kills weeds and trees and shrubs. And just they're never made for lawns. That's it. So you don't really want to use those out underneath your other landscape plants. Go with a straight or food and sprinkle it on top of the rock, on top of the fabric. As it rains or snows, it'll break down and go through the soil bands and the plants will pick it up and you have a much richer, deeper, healthier plants out there. But it's critical. Main thing for this segment, mainly now, if you didn't get all those parts down, I understand, fertilize. Get, come to the garden center, get your foods. We can go over it with you, which ones. Once you see the label, it's 
really easy, straightforward. But you want granular foods sprinkled all over the ground. I'll use my hand spreader that just spreads it out. And then it goes in the soil and plants pick it up. But that's, it's as simple as that. The main thing with foods is about timing, getting the timing right. Uh, if, if you missed it last winter, or you missed last fall, or just get some down now. It'll make a difference now because plants are responding now. So it's all about working with the seasons and timing and getting those plants down, getting the food down before they wake up. That's most critical. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. If you are doing some homework, or you're researching, it's midnight, and you're researching gardening, that's kind of what gardeners do. We kind of like to read up and take a look. Seed catalogs are like sexy, like, oh, this is, oh, look how exciting this is. Quite honestly, when new trucks, we've unloaded three or four truckloads of plants here just this week. It's sort of like that. It's like Christmas. You open up those back trailer doors, you see the plants, the, the latest harvest. You're going, oh, this is neat. Oh, look at this. I've never seen this color. Oh, that's exciting. And so the great thing is we get to snag some new plant because, you know, we want first dibs. Half the staff here, they don't need to work. They work here because they like people. It's a social outlet and they get first dibs. So that's kind of, they're all over it. And so that also provides for our customers. If we've used all these plants, we're gardeners. You come to talk about plants in the gardens. We've probably already planted these or it's on our radar where we're looking around going, oh, there it is in the neighborhood. I see that. Oh, that's how it grows. So we can impart that or share that with you. So you're making less mistakes. That's our goal. You're going to make mistakes in, in gardening. The goal is not to go backwards. As long as you're making mistakes in the right direction, you're good. And so you can correct and go back and forth. So right now it's fertilize everything in the yard. If you want to research plants, we've taken some of that advice. So we get together as a crew, as our horticulturalist. These are certified people with very high degrees or accolades or industry praise. You may not see that because we've got a blue apron on. I mean, aprons, I, I don't know. They keep you clean. Garden gloves, they're probably worn out because they've got holes. We've been handling plants so much that they've got holes in them, but 
they know stuff. They, they, they live and breathe and watch how plants are growing. Take advantage of that. We packaged that. And we built a website. It tells you how a deodor cedar grows, the height for here, how it acts here. When does it bloom here? How much sun does it, how much mountain sun does it take? Not low altitude sun. And we put this together in a website. And so when plants come in, so the peonies just showed up. You can go to our website and you can see the different varieties. What's the color? Now the picture, we're probably taking the picture. We take some pictures ourselves, but we'll probably import some pictures. But you can do the research on how it grows for here through the website. So you just go to watersgardencenter.com and there's a great big shop button. We've set up a separate shopping cart or where we can list the inventory that's here at the garden center right now. It's pretty accurate. Get you the price, get you the size. Mainly it's the descriptions. How does it grow here? How much sun does it take here? Because it is different. So the Japanese maples, we're starting to get some of those. We go no more than six hours or minus, under six hours for a Japanese maple in the mountains of Arizona. It's more intense. This is harder for you Californians because you're used to full sun right out there in the landscape. That's where it's more humid at low elevation. It, it Here... They'll burn on you. So I know the national tag says that. When you do your main Google search, it says that. But we're creating information for us here in the mountains of Arizona at that mile high or even above, 4,000 foot level and above. So that's Sedona, Camp Verde. That's the Cordes Junction, Spring Valley, Kirkland, Skull Valley, and all the way up to the high country of Flagstaff, Williams, you know, Prescott, of course those areas. It's good information for here, us, the mountains of Arizona. Take advantage of it. Watersgardencenter.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center, and we love talking to fans of the show. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is well pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and odorless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, and Pinion Pines. Pinion Pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts and pine are deer and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.